0: Here we go. Welcome back. You are listening to Only the Important Stuff. I'm your host, Jeff Heinrich. Um, this is episode number five, guest number four. Uh someone that you all have heard being discussed on this episode a couple times. So um we are blessed with the presence, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Bennett sent Welcome to the pod, brother.
1: What's going on, my guy? Thanks for having me. Also, thanks for all the free shout-outs all the time. Uh, unwarranted for sure but greatly appreciated so thank you so much
0: Well, i mean we'll get into all that but i i disagree um i just disagree with that uh, that idea right i know they say like no free shout outs but um what did you tell me like i win we all win right like that type of shit and i believe in that like at my core right if if uh if you're successful We'll all be successful, right? Um, in some form or fashion. So,
1: absolutely, yeah, it's,
0: it's definitely warranted. Uh, yeah, man. Here we are. We're doing We're it. Here.
1: I know. Uh, I'm proud That's of you. Uh, it's a uh, it's a big leap to do this. Obviously, I know, and uh, takes a lot of courage to produce any kind of content at all. And uh, when you just go for it, it's fun. And I know you're having fun with it. And your shit's been good. And uh, I mean, as we go on tonight, I mean, I gotta respond to some takes from your pals, but uh, <laughs> we'll just we'll just go with the flow here. Uh, also, super exciting—we gotta do this back-to-back nights. So, uh, recording your pod tonight, and then tomorrow we're recording mine. So that's pretty cool yeah, to say out loud—a bit especially. of a crossover,
0: right? Yeah, it's like yeah. Uh, on TV when like um, Chicago Fire hooked up with like Chicago Medical, and they made an episode. That's uh, that's what or we're trying like, to do here tonight. Uh,
1: Law & Order is doing like a three-hour special of all of them. They're all solving one case. So that's you, basically You know us. what's
0: relevant? Us talking Law & Order. Yeah. <laughs> that's some relevant content right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Um, first off, what you drinking, dude? What are we drinking? Uh,
1: so, right? you know, I, I went back and forth on this with you yeah. uh, or to, to do this tonight. So I just went with Crown & Cokes. And I, I know when we do mine, because I am out of a studio, we only have an hour. So yeah. I usually bring four bush lights, and I know that some people are like, holy shit, you drink four in an hour. Yeah, usually with Jeff, at least. Um, <laughs> but tonight I just made two, so I don't have to leave the seat. So I If we I get love to that, that point, we might have to hit pause and make one more, but we'll see.
0: I love it. I love it. And in uh, an honor of having you on, I'm cracking. Ooh. A two hundred and fifty dollar bottle of bourbon. Wow, a little Mitcher's, small batch. Good you know, for I've you. I've never tasted this before, so let's have some fun
1: tonight. So, um, before we go, you're a big whiskey and bourbon guy. What's your What's your best ever? Because I'm pretty, pretty poor on the game. Like if we go somewhere nice, I would just get a Crown Black. That's always good to me. You know, Crown Black on the rocks. That's kind of my go to. I know that I like it. What's Jeff's?
0: Ooh, am I paying?
2: Mm. <laughs> that, yeah, that's, yeah. Let's that's do an
0: that. Important You're question. Uh, what's the occasion?
1: There's a lot that goes into that, right? you like
0: Um, you know, I think if I'm just going out to to eat with the wife, um, and we're at a nice restaurant. Geez, I usually look for Blanton's. Um which if you're ever in one of those restaurants, it's a little ball about, you know, a little bit bigger than a softball with a stem on top, and the cork is a racing horse. So if you ever see that, get it, it's good. And I'm going to preface this like, like, uh, like we talked about on your podcast, when we were talking about drinks, like everybody's palate is different. It's different. different. That's what's that's what I like about bourbon and whiskey is they make a bunch of different uh notes about it you know there's just a bunch of different like spices and flavors and things that they can do to it that uh, make them unique um, some burn more than others some have more heat than others they taste different with ice versus without you know so it's it's just fun to mess around with and as i mentioned on yours your show you know i work for a company that was based in kentucky and we would do right. a lot of shit with bourbon and we sent it out every year and it was everybody looked forward to it because it was always an experience and it is and that's kind of what i like about it isn't it's an experience no it's not my money um oof that's an even you know it, you're always gonna reach for pappy van winkle um any of those is is you know those are those are hard to find but you talk to the real bourbon snobs they'll tell you it's not the best out there but I've never had better right maybe because I knew how much it cost I don't know
1: yeah is that one of those like hundred and fifty dollars a glass kind of deals
0: yeah yeah at least Um, you know they have you can get bottles for cheaper but you can also pay ten thousand dollars for a bottle like when That's you get fucking wild to me. Yeah. There was uh... no.
1: I thought about oh, doing ahead. something like that uh, last year for Ton's birthday. Idiot me, I said, like, pick anywhere you want to go. And uh, she's like, anywhere. I was like, anywhere. And she picked Steak 44. And if you're not familiar in Phoenix, that is the premier steakhouse in the valley. Yeah. And uh, I knew I didn't belong there when Marcus mm. Golden, who plays DN for the Arizona Cardinals, held the door open for me. Um, so I, I really <laughs> went then, like, budgeted down once we got in there. I just drank <laughs> McUltra's because they were $7. But uh, that's fair. I mean, next time it's not my bill to pay, I'll have to throw that on there. Maybe buy a round for the table.
0: Oof. Yeah, that's... Uh... It's a different level of living when you you're in one of those environments, uh-huh. right? I mean, it's it's kind of mind-blowing when you see the money that is spent on something that essentially you just ingest and shit out 8 hours later. 1000%. It's crazy. <laughs> it's literally
1: all it is. And it's yeah. it's good, but 100%. It's kind of a meat snob. I feel like I could make a better steak at home right like i I, i'm confident in my meat making abilities um Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean those bills get wild and i think we've been fortunate enough uh through Ton's work we got like uh she got us this like dinner for two to mastro's which is another one in scottsdale and that was pretty sweet because i was like hey you get 500 bucks blow it i mean that was that was cool but no that stuff's an experience and I, sure. I think it is something that I that, that I hope everybody gets to do at one time in their life. I mean, go to a fancy steakhouse once. I mean it's it's worth it. It's cool. My favorite part's when they come with the little toothpick looking thing and clean clean up the, the crumbs off your table. You know? Mm-hmm. That's that's how simple I am, so
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, well, Look, like we're going to get into a bunch of shit tonight, and I love that you're drinking your favorite thing to drink, or one of your favorite things to drink, because uh, we're going to cut it loose. Um, yeah, as a, as my episodes have been going, I've always been doing a little bit of an intro for everybody, so yeah. are you ready for yours?
1: I am. I'm extremely excited, actually. I've been thinking <laughs> about this all day, because I, I finished you and rocks this morning, so let's hear it. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, so... He's my brother's best friend.
1: Yep. All right. True. So let's talk
0: about parenthood. <laughs> <laughs> I have no kids.
1: All right, good <laughs> episode, kid. Jeff. Just Thanks kidding. Just
0: me. kidding. Uh no, no, no. Um kidding, obviously. So, you know, a little backstory on how Ben and I got introduced. He is my brother brother's best friend. I, I that was not a joke. Um So you were also in his wedding? And you were his best, you know, best friend and you know, so we, I knew who you were, Uh, obviously I think you knew who I was, Um, but yeah, like at at his wedding we we got a lot more acquainted with each other and, you know, got severely intoxicated, you know, you wanted to beat up somebody and I had to tell you not to do it, even though I, I don't know, maybe you would've, who knows. yeah, yeah I mean, shrugging the shoulders. Who
2: knows, he, right? <laughs> like so, he wasn't worth it.
1: No, no, he wasn't, and that's the thing. We were. I was twenty eight at the time when Josh got mm. married. We were twenty eight years old, so definitely not worth it, right? You should be past those stages. But a funny story. Your brother was down here last weekend, and uh, you know it was the first time Ton and Court met. So we were kind of sharing some stories, and that story got brought up. And oh. for some more backstory on that, is this kid. Um, kept telling me I looks like some chef on YouTube and how fat he was and how fat I am. And like the first hundred times is fine. I don't, I, I am fat for everybody listening that doesn't know me. I'm fat. Um, but it was like the hundred and first time that it just got annoying. I think I told him I was going to kick his teeth down his throat or curb stomp him or something. Probably mm-hmm. I hit him with, I'll fuck you up worse than polio if you say it again. Yeah. But then you grabbed me away. So anyways, Justin was telling the story. And then him and Court were at another wedding, and that kid apologized to Justin for that. Oh, really? Yeah. He's like, hey, man, you know, I was super drunk, and I know that I really pissed off one of your best friends, and I can't tell you how sorry I am. Like, I I brought down the mood for everybody, and then that kid did the same shit at that wedding to somebody else.
0: Oh, okay. Well. Yep. So he ruined it. (laughs) Fuck that guy. Right? yeah for sure god damn it i was i was about to apologize for calling him i have mm. you know a really offensive word and uh yeah no i i'm not going to so fuck that that guy's a douche he was a yeah. douche then he's still a douche clearly uh learn from your behavior but anyway so we got to know each other there and then shit what four or five months later My brother invited me to play video games with you guys. And so we were, we started gaming late at night. Yeah. Which to me blew blew my mind um, that we could do that. But it was a ton of fun. And throughout that, I think, you know, I was hopping every night. You were on a lot. But a lot of times it was just you and me Mm -hmm. sitting on, you know, sitting on the sticks, just playing. And we would just talk and play whatever the fuck we were playing golf, Mm -hmm. you know, Rocket League, Warzone, whatever, right? Well, we just have a bunch of good conversations about everything and i think like for me personally that was really where i kind of realized man this kid, he's a cool cat he's not just my brother's friend and like we'd talk about real shit we'd talk about dumb shit we'd talk about anything under the sun and they were always good conversations um and i enjoyed the hell out of that and so i think that was really for me like really where it took off and then you know, just being able to watch you go from small-town Minnesota to, you know, take this huge leap and move out to Arizona and, you know, start all this new shit in your life was a, was a hell of a lot of fun and uh, very exciting to see.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that, What was your that, perspective
0: brother. on that, right? Like,
1: when we getting... were playing video— Like, becoming friendly. I don't know.
0: Maybe you don't think I'm a friend. I think you're a friend.
1: No, a thousand percent. (laughs) And, uh, I mean, there's been a lot of deep conversations on your pod, and I'm not going to take it there right away. But now, at this point in life, you're definitely somebody I want to say I rely on. You know, I I throw a lot of things at you, especially in the podcasting stuff. Because I knew from the first time I released one, you were going to give me honest feedback. Like, if it sucks Mm -hmm. shit, you weren't going to tell me it was good. Right. And that's what I appreciate about you. And, uh, you know, you helped me break the mold on mine and become super comfortable. Um, Mm. Now, I mean, we're recording episode 23 tomorrow, which is mind blowing to me. Uh, Right. But yeah, I think we I mean, we definitely had some deep chats. Uh, I mean, I always knew who you were. Right. Uh, I think it's very important to share my first memory of you because I don't know that your friends know it. Um, but we they it was Justin it was Justin's thirteenth <laughs> birthday, so you'd have been twenty five and you were back in Fairmont for whatever reason, you might have been on leave or something. And yep. uh you, we had Justin's thirteenth birthday and the World Series of poker was just popping off. So we got mm-hmm. a bunch of thirteen year olds in Rod and Deb's basement playing poker, Texas Hold'em, like we have a clue what's going on. And you're there And I could, I mean, looking back, you you had to hate the situation. You're 25, hanging out with probably 15 dumbass 13-year-olds. And Justin, at one point, picked up the discard pile and was looking through the cards. And I'll never forget, you had a Bud Light in your left hand, and you cocked back your right hand, and you punched a hole in your little brother's chest. (laughs) And said, "Don't you ever pick up the fucking discard pile again." And everybody was like, "Holy fuck! He's gonna kill us all. He's gonna murder <laughs> us all." Because your brother had just given us all these like folklore stories of you, and yeah, so we were all scared as fuck around you. Sure. And then, I mean, fast forward to that Justin's 18th birthday, we stayed uh, one night up at your place, and. I remember then, I mean, I'm sure we're just saying stupid shit, and you're like, these guys have no fucking clue what life is, and I'm, (laughs) looking back, we didn't. We went to, I think, Deja Vu for Justin's 18th birthday, and Mm -hmm. got him a lap dance at seven o'clock at night, because we were so excited to go to the strip club, so. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I, when you told me that story of punching in the chest, I had totally forgotten about it, uh, (laughs) if I'm being honest, uh. (laughs) and I was like oh man and then it it, like starts to spark memories and I do remember doing it and like look like you can't do that shit that's no that's 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 cheating that's getting an edge right like if somebody wants to show you their cards go for it but you don't get to just fucking look right if you're uh, playing in a tournament you don't get to just get to check right um and yeah he was at that age where I felt the need to be brotherly to him right like when he was a
1: when he was a little
0: kid i couldn't you know fuck with him
1: right i just
0: you know because he was so small but he was getting to a a, an age and a size where it's like look you're gonna you're gonna learn life's lessons at -hmm. some point might as well be from me um and so i did i tried to teach him things uh when i was around sadly i wasn't around enough yeah sorry i scared you guys
1: no i mean it's good (laughs) Uh, i mean i don't play card games at casinos now because you only play slot machines so
0: (laughs) well i mean depending on who you ask that that's where the money is
1: i mean i do well i mean i don't want to brag good for you yeah good
0: for you thank you good for you um ben thinks he can down 60 beers in 48 hours
1: oh boy (laughs) <laughs> I knew this was going to come up, too. <laughs> and there's, there's no thinking about it, Jeff. I know it can be done. <clears throat> and, uh, I mean, I've seen it by myself done. Uh, there's a couple stories that stand out. Uh, St. John's University used to always have a case day uh, mm-hmm. when we were in college. And <clears throat> a couple of our really good friends, uh, Ben and Hank Brown, they went there. And one of the memories that stands out the most is I might've been the first person in America to have COVID and it was 2013. And I went to, I went to, yeah, I brought it here. Um, (laughs) but I was so sick, dude. And I went Mm -hmm. to case day and Friday night, drank a bunch, went to the bar Saturday. I mean, we finished our case by like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, it was like two in the afternoon and then we kept drinking um, mm-hmm. so, so I mean I know it can be done, and then obviously last weekend because you know I'm not I'm not the smartest guy. Uh, that got thrown out into a group by Ty. Uh, he sent that meme. It was like pick three people to drink ninety beers over the weekend. Ty's like I got bad and I don't need three people. And so <laughs> then he put me at a number of seventeen on Friday night, and I did it. And so at thirty. I feel confident in my abilities. Uh, it's probably not the coolest thing in the world to be proud about, but I, I know hey, I, I was built for drinking beer.
0: Look, I can drink beer with the rest of them, um, or at least I definitely used to be able to. I probably, you know, I don't, I don't think I would ever claim to do sixty in forty-eight hours now. Um, the only counterpoint I'll, I'll raise to you is when you were like, "Man, I'm seventeen deep," and you you hopped. You were not sober.
1: <laughs> oh no, I mean, but at the same time, I started drinking at probably four thirty-five o'clock after work on Friday, yeah, and I got on at eleven. Right. So I mean, that's pretty impressive timeline to down seventeen beers at thirty. Yeah, and maybe those
0: know. were too quick. I'll, I'll give you a little credit, like that. Maybe that. Maybe that was just super fast, and that's why you were buzzed. I don't know, but I just remember thinking I like. Lo- <laughs> Dude, this motherfucker, like you got off because you were like, I, "I gotta go, I gotta go, guys." Like, and I know it wasn't because you were drunk; it was like tired and and a, and a combination of things.
1: No, I was but drunk. I, I also came home and then had three Crown Diets. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: I I almost when, I texted uh, Mez the next day. I was like, "Should I ask Ben how many beers he's had today?" Right, like. <laughs> and he's like nah or no i think he said go for it but i was like "Ah, i'll pass like i don't want to push somebody into uh blacking out but um that would be a wild feat i've done case day i know it's a thing that's doable yeah but i didn't back it up with another case the next day
1: see and i mean that's where that's where the problem lies is uh, my grandma, she'll listen to this. Uh, she's a big supporter of me. She's always tells me, you know, hair of the dog, you got to bite the dog that bit you. And that's coming from my seventy four year old grandma. You know, she's mm-hmm. she's about it. And uh, so in the morning, so then I usually have a couple bush lights and OJ's. And that really gets the day going. Brings okay. you know, gets you back to even. That's what I always tell you. You got to get back to even. You got to get sure. that blood thin again, and then you can just go. Um, but go. yeah, I do have a problem. I drink too much too fast. I, I I don't know how to just sip something. That's that's the biggest thing with me. So sure. uh, this is turning into an AA meeting real quick. And uh, <laughs> no, I'm going to go dump this out. No.
0: Yeah, you haven't quit, which is a good thing. So yeah, man, I, I know you can do... I think you could do it. But yeah, it would be... It'd be a shit show. So...
1: Yeah, no, it would for sure. Um, for, for the sake of your relationship,
0: I'm not going to challenge you to do it. That's for damn sure.
1: Yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, that's that's kind of you. Yeah, no, uh, but I will. One more thing about like the case days. I do remember one time at St. John's, uh, this kid he wasn't a drinker, so he was going to eat 24 White Castle sliders, mm. and I have to imagine that he felt worse than all of us the next day.
0: Oh. Hundred percent. Yeah, I would assume.
1: Just oh, could you imagine? I couldn't imagine eating five of those things.
0: No, I mean we would stop at White Castle like on the way home from a bar. People would get you know that many, and a couple guys would down some. I mean that car smelled so bad. It smelled so Uh bad. Just the gas that is produced from those fucking things. Talk about food. We're not going to get into food issues. We've got we've done that on your pod, but. yeah um he uh so ben also likes to argue with me um love it which we we got into it one day uh we didn't even get into it but you you made a point to me which i really liked um you asked me like my take on motorcycle helmets yeah right and i'm just like i think you should wear one Right. And you're just like, I think I like just being on the opposite side of the argument with you. And I've never <laughs> been prouder. I'm like, boy, Like, yeah. good for you. Right. Like, challenge that shit. Right. And I think in that time when we were playing, that was how a lot of our conversations were. We'd just talk about something. You'd be on one side. I'd be on the other. We'd have a conversation about whatever it might be. Right. And, you know, it's not like we got to the bottom of things necessarily, but we'd have the conversation. And then it was like, anyways... What's next? Like, we right. didn't get mad about it, which I love. Um, I don't know how you feel about it, but it's I enjoy uh, that.
1: No, I appreciate it a ton, uh, just because I think that's how more people should be, right? I think you should have a conversation with somebody on anything that you totally disagree on. And I mm-hmm. think that's, there's a lot of bullshit in the world. I'm not going to bring anything to your pod, but... I think that's how you get past a lot of shit is you have to have difficult conversations Absolutely. and not that any of ours have been hard. I know one time we solved COVID together. We uh, did. N- nobody's called to ask us our opinion, but we did it. Uh, we <laughs> solved it. Uh, so yeah, I, I, we could never listen back to that, but it, it's just one of those things. I'm not always a contrarian, um, I don't even know if that's the right word, but it is. Um, I think it's just because I know we'll have a respectable debate yeah. with each other and we'll still talk to each other later.
0: So. 100%. And it's, it, you know, we're not. I think you can believe in things right, left, up, down, black, mm-hmm. white, blue, green, right? Whatever the hell they may be and still be friends with people. Right Mm -hmm. now, how those things are implemented afterwards are, you know, I think a different point of discussion, right? Like, I'll listen to people, like, tell me that they have a different opinion on me about religion. Okay. Like, that's fine. Believe what you want to believe in, man. Whatever makes you sleep at night. I don't care. Um, it's, It's then, like, when we talk about it, are you trying to force that viewpoint down my throat? Are you trying to influence others with it. Or, you know, that's where I really start to be like, man, this motherfucker, I don't want to associate with that person anymore. Right. Um, which is a lot of problems in this country where, you know, people think their opinion is the only opinion and everybody needs to believe it. And they want justification. Correct. Or whatever it may be, right? Like they want some, some reassurances from others that they're right. and. Yeah, I mean, just nobody's 100% right, Mm -mm. really. I mean, unless we're talking like two plus two equals four, then someone is definitely right. But yeah, you know, when you talk about those like ideas, you got to get past that. And I feel like that's how a lot of our conversations have gone. Like we just we throw out ideas on it. You know, sometimes it's just about football. It's as dumb as football, like uh, a way to build a team, right? Right. we get into it over that, and clearly there's no one way to do it, or everybody would be trying to do it. Correct. Correct. <laughs> uh, and, I, you know, my, a lot of my friends, like, they used to hate that out of me because I would always just jump on the other side. And but it makes it fun. I was having fun. I think they got annoyed by it. Um, sure. And they'll listen to this, and I'm sure they'll text me and say, no, yeah, we definitely did. Um, <laughs> and so I kind of, like, stopped doing it. Because um, I could tell there were times they're just like, Jesus, dude, again? Right. Uh, and that was me taking it too far, so I had to learn. <laughs> no, and I don't... I-,
1: I also couldn't imagine being friends with people that agreed 100% or liked everything that I liked. Like, right. that would be the most boring thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, and I don't know. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, there's... And it also comes with knowing people for so long. I mean, I've known your brother since we were seven years old and there's yeah. things that he does that I'm like, that's annoying as fuck. Like yeah. it comes with, it, that comes with the territory.
0: Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And that's how it is with, you know, a, a lot of, almost everyone that I associate with, like we all have different viewpoints on things. We can, we can talk about them, mm-hmm. um, and move on because we've got a history. Um uh, right. And you know, Sometimes opinions are changed. Sometimes people are educated. Sometimes it's just, we hash it out amongst each other and we move, we just move on. Um, but it's necessary, right? Um, Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, but getting back to it, you know, like Ben, Ben is, look, he's the host of the greatest people you've never met, um, which is something we talked about a lot when we would hop late at night. Um, yeah which is your podcast. So this is the crossover of the greatest people you've never met talking about only the important stuff. Here we are. Um, yeah. And as I mentioned in my first episode, dude, you, you, you have been a bit of an inspiration to me. Um, which I think if I would have told, if you would have told me that 20 years ago, I would have slapped you. Right. Like there's no way that's happening. That's a, it's just fucking insane. (laughs) Um, but, You're living life the way i think you should um and then honestly like i've spent years like not wanting to and or afraid to um so like you doing those things definitely like helped me make those leaps and chase this shit uh whatever you want to call it um and it's not to say that like you're not worried about failing at something um at least that was definitely my hangout
1: yeah, but I think you I mean, acknowledge
0: it's part of the process. And
1: it's okay. It is. It is. You, like, I, I, uh, you know this about me. Like, I've spent a lot of my life trying to be a good football coach and, you know, mm-hmm. spent a lot of time learning leadership. And, um, you know, like, P.J. Fleck, I know a lot of people don't love him, and everyone who listens to this podcast will know who that is. But he has so much good stuff, and one of his – uh, sayings that he always preaches is failure equals growth. And like, if you, if you never fail, like you're not going to grow cause you're not going to know how to attack it again. And I, mm-hmm. I've used sport, especially football to overcome a lot of things in life. And I look back at different things and it's true almost everywhere. You know, like, uh, when, when your brother and I were in high school, our senior year, we made it to the section championship you know, one game away from state and uh, we lost to Glencoe Lake, and they were, they were a really good team. And then Mm -hmm. two years later, the Fairmont Cardinals went up to Glencoe, same situation. Glencoe was really good and they Mm -hmm. beat them. And then that night Mahoney was like, Hey, you know, if you guys didn't get us there, we would have never known what to do. And we would have been two years behind. Right. And so Mm -hmm. now they've built an incredible program. And I'm not saying like, Hey, we did that, but, that's, that was those guys learning, right? Those mm-hmm. guys failed, and now they're growing, and I think it's everywhere. It's not just in sport. I mean, I've done a lot of things wrong with the podcast. I've done a lot of things wrong in life, and uh, I just don't regret anything either because I, I, I wouldn't have the relationships I have with people. I wouldn't have been able to meet the people I've met if I didn't take those wrong turns or if I didn't fail in those situations.
0: Right, 100% yeah and i and i know that like personally that's always been a big hang-up of mine um is just not wanting to look like an idiot sure you know not wanting to fail not wanting to be criticized um wanting to you know i think they're daddy issues (laughs) yeah (laughs) right like uh you know wanting to you know get that respect that like you're doing it right and so on and so forth and um but as you said it's definitely part of the process i've i learned more uh when i had to write proposals like 40 50 page proposals like all custom and when you write the when you put out written word just like yeah. this it's mm-hmm. very revealing mm-hmm. um people can tell how intelligent you are. They can, you know, criticize, you know, punctuation to the style of it. I mean, you name it, right? And I used to be so worried about turning things into my boss, and like getting his feedback. And that's not even the guy who's like approving the sale, like saying, yes, we're gonna buy from you. It was just like somebody else. Mm -hmm. And it took a while to get over that And I I eventually did, but it took a long time to get over that, and it took a long time to get over, like, doing this. I've been staring at this fucking mic for a year. Right. Like, a whole year looking at this thing.
1: And I think everybody's different, and everybody's got different pushers, obviously. Um, I mean, throughout my life, like, there's, like, little check marks that I like. I really enjoy proving myself right but i really like proving other people wrong and that's something Mm -hmm. that drives me daily like uh Mm -hmm. you know there's just different things in life you know little check marks i remember you know okay went and played college football a lot of people said i couldn't and i I did it got a scholarship i did all those things and then i remember at one point like all i wanted to do was make fifty thousand dollars a year because Mm -hmm. i wanted to make more money than teachers that told me i couldn't do something right Right. and it's just little things like that and so I just kind of keep a mental tally book like that like not like keep receipts on like oh who talk shit but like I want to show those people like no you were wrong and I can do it and it's worked for me it doesn't work for everybody and I understand that everybody's different and I think you know you just you have to take those leaps and I mean I've, I've definitely been scared and I get that especially when I started the pod I mean this is this is the most put yourself out there thing you can do. Like, I know you said in the first one, like Mm -hmm. the world's not going to listen to this. That's true, but they could for sure. (laughs) Like everybody could. And then everybody's judging you. And that's not easy to do, but I mean, I, like I said, it works for me. Um, that's how I've pushed through things. I know when I first started, uh, Somebody reached out and told me how bad the pod was, and I was like, "Okay, cool, good." So now I'm going to keep going, right. and, you know, absolutely. But especially when those people aren't doing those things, then it means absolutely fucking nothing to me. And mm-hmm. now I just want to prove you wrong. So
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, this is a very it's a very naked feeling, especially when you did when uh, you do that w- when I did that one by myself. Um, mm-hmm. I think I told you I recorded it four times. You know, didn't like the sound of any of them. I didn't like the feel of it. Didn't like, you know, what was coming out of my mouth. Because it, it just felt like a lot of verbal vomit. Um, which it was in some respects. I get that. There's some some long-winded points that I was making there. But, um, yeah, that was probably the most raw I've ever presented myself to people. I've yeah. always worn a mask, right? Like you had this thought of who i was growing up right Right. and i think a lot of people did um a lot of people knew me as that guy and Mm -hmm. i'm not that guy all the time and i'm sure as hell not that guy anymore right i don't go around looking for fights you Mm -hmm. know (laughs) every second of the day right i mean for crying out loud i talked you out of one um Mm -hmm. you know so I've slowly been, you know, breaking down my wall, uh, that I had spent the better part of my life building up. Right. Right. And this is definitely along that, right. Like admitting, I'm, I'm admitting, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing as a parent. Right. (laughs) Um, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't have a father to like talk things through anymore. Right. Like you're just, And a lot of people are in that situation just winging it and it's okay. Right. Like, and I want my kids to know that, that like, I'm trying, with What I got, you know, um, but at the same time, like, there's not like, we just don't talk about that shit enough. And I know you don't have kids. And so it's a little, you know, off base for us, but you know, we don't talk about that stuff enough and. You know, we'll get into it with you at, 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 a, at a point here. But, you know, it, right. it was definitely uh, I had a ton of anxiety before I published that first one. Right. You know, I really did. I uh, didn't sleep for a couple nights. And then I finally just I don't know what happened. Either I'd had too many things to drink or I like, just got done with the workout. And I was like, fuck it. Let's go publish. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like off it went. And here we are. Right. Five episodes in uh, doing it.
1: And I think, you know, that's part of the thing I love about your podcast is I've heard a lot of stories and a lot of your friends, all of them so far, and yourself, every episode somebody's broke down some wall and they've Mm -hmm. cut that wound open and just poured it out. And I think Mm -hmm. that's important. I don't think everybody needs to do it, you know, but they feel comfortable enough with you. And I, I mean, I told you one time, like, I feel like, At some extent, it's kind of like everybody's therapy session because we're close with each other and, you know, we know how to communicate with each other and we feel comfortable and all those things. And yeah, I don't have kids. You're right. Um, but you know, being a coach and seeing, you know, man, I remember I was a 24 year old head coach. And that first year I had a sophomore get a girl pregnant and his dad wasn't around and he's, asking me what to do, and I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing, man, you know? But I think I've learned so much from not only the people that I've coached with, you know, Bart Clayton, Ryan Broodley, Alex Rorta, Lee Dallagher, those guys showed me a lot. They all had kids. I kind of learned, you know, how to be a dad from them. Obviously, there's things that I'll take from my parents, to-dos, not-to-dos, and then yourself, you know, there's one thing that sticks out a lot. Um, from Justin's wedding is how much pictures you were taking of like Jen and the kids. And like Mm -hmm. you took 20,000 photos that weekend for sure. That's, that's an important thing. Right. But I learned that right there and I put that in my bank. And so I just try to learn from everybody and there's been some, you know, um, I, I don't know who said it, but like our parents, they might not have always been the best, but they did the best because that's how they knew how to parent, right? So if I yeah. can take everything from everybody that I've learned a little bit, by the time I'm a dad and now my friends are becoming dads,
2: yeah. I should
1: have this shit down. I'm not saying I'm going to be dad of the year, but <laughs> you you hope, you know what I mean? You hope you can put all that together and, and handle those Absolutely. things. And it's nice to have that support system too, you know, through things. So,
2: yeah,
1: no, I don't have a kid yet, but it's been nice to watch people that I've been extremely close with parent and learn how to parent you know so Mm -hmm. that's that's a plus for me
0: yeah and like you said it's a little bit of therapy it's a little bit of forcing the conversation you know there have been times like i didn't i didn't want to talk about what we were going to talk about Mm -hmm. uh in some of the conversations we've had and it's a normal thing right like and i'm sure it's like this with you guys right how's it going with x and the person responds, Good. Right. He's just fucking leave it alone. hmm I don't know why we do that. No. <laughs> you know, I'm, like
1: I'm the worst but, at it in my personal life. I need to get better with that. Like Tana will always ask me how my day was. I'm like, Oh, it's good. You know? And I leave yep. it. And then yep. she'll tell me everything that happened at Dry Bar. And right. like that's the difference between guys and girls though. It's like For sure. Is it really worth sharing the cold calls I made or the customer visits? No, no. but it's important to her, you know, and yeah. she wants to know those things. And it's something yep. I struggle with and something I'm trying to get better with. But you're right. Yeah. I think that's just a man thing, too. You don't want to. I don't know if it's looking like a pussy in front of your friends or what, but people don't like to oh, tear down those walls in front of people, man.
0: It's definitely part of it. Right. it's just and because that's how we were raised. It is what it is. You know um, it's unfortunate, and again so this is this is my attempt at kind of like unmasking that bullshit mm-hmm. and those, those stupid stigmas um, and getting past them, whatever they may be right whether it's your own hangups or Somebody else is, like, not one to look some way in front of somebody else. Like, you know, it's just my attempt at getting past that. But anyways, before we get into, like, all the serious shit, you said you had, like, some shit you wanted to respond to. So I want to let Ooh. you, like, respond to some stuff, whatever that may be.
1: All right. So first off, I loved that Rock was drinking Irish whiskey and ginger ale. That yeah. is one of my—I I know I have, like, a probably a 100 top five drinks. But yep. that's on that list, and that's not a common one. I love that. Also, the State Fair. Dude, I've never been. Never went to the Minnesota State Fair. I have no inkling to go. Uh, The Arizona State Fair, I think it starts next week, and it's like a whole month long. Um, Mm -hmm. I have no interest in going. Um, It's just one of those things. I love being in crowds. Love going to big concerts. Love going to games. Yeah. I don't give a shit about getting Martha's cookies, man. I don't right. care about the butter statues, just none of that. And I know, like, my sister is a huge State Fair person. She's gone sure. a couple times this year, and she yeah. loves it. That's cool. That's her thing. I don't. Yeah. I, it's not, I've never had – and I think part of it was always being – it's always football season, too. So sure. Playing ball and then coaching, that. right? So, like, yeah. I never had a chance to really go, and then I was like, yeah. I'm good.
0: I never really thought of that angle. Right. Because growing up, we never went. Mm -mm. Right. And one of our buddies who was heavily involved in football, he never went. Right. And so Mm -hmm. like that makes sense now. And I also think it's way more of an in-state thing or in-state metro thing. For sure. Than a full state thing. Right. I couldn't imagine driving from Fairmont, Minnesota up there for that fucking mess.
1: No, and I mean, obviously, I have friends who are in 4-H. I coach kids who are in 4-H, and that's what they live for, right? Like, you go show your pigs or your cows at the state fair. But Sure. Yeah, dude, I would never drive two and a half hours to wait an hour and a half to get in there to not be able to move. That would drive me in fucking sane.
0: And to Charlie's point, it's not, always, it's not all like that, but again, like, most of that state fair is not about what it was originally intended to be right? right like i think of and it was the same it's essentially the same take i had on farmer's market like originally uh-huh. it was a, a place for people who don't have like a, a shop or a store to come and like show off their wares uh-huh. and or to show off like the cows that they can breed right and to like get people to buy their livestock and all you know right that's what they were intended for and it has just become you know come eat a fucking cookie on a stick eat a you know bacon on a stick like it 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 has become a a a corporate fucking yuck fest right thousand percent
1: and why do we put everything on sticks too that is a thing it's got to be just a minnesota thing but i know because everybody puts it on instagram or snapchat and you can see everybody Whatever, For fucking deep fried Oreos on a stick. Like, yeah. why? Why does it have to be on a stick?
0: I'm sure it has to do with like making it easier to eat because you have to walk around all goddamn day. But God, it's annoying. Like, but then
1: what do you do when you get to the bottom? You flip the stick around, or you try to deep throat the stick to get the last Oreo.
0: Exactly. Exactly. You're either you're either deep throating a pointy stick, right? Or you have to like somehow like gnaw off the bottom of it and slide it up to the top like a you look like an idiot.
1: Yes. Sawed off human.
0: Yeah, sawed off humans walking around eating bananas <laughs> on sticks. They come with a holding thing, right? Like they just hold on to the people. Anyway. Right. Anyways, what else? Any other I mean
1: those those were the big two. I do those love those that you guys ones. text about the jerseys. I mean that was cool. I, I'm a I mean, obviously I'm not much of a jersey wearer anymore. I used to be. Um uh, I know, I know where you stand, and I think I sent Mm. you like a world class TikTok the other day. There was a guy that went to a fucking Niners game, and he even had pants on, dude. He he went full. He had gloves, he had shoulder pads, and then a helmet with a blacked out visor. Oh, I just. And I think it's wild to like, I mean, and we talk about this all the time, but like that, as, as a as a man, like, is that not the most embarrassing thing you could ever do? Like I really gotta be up there. I mean, that's a tough look to like it. it, Kyle Shanahan calling that guy in when Trey Lance went down, or was he going to roll with Jimmy Garoppolo? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. But no, I do. I do appreciate that you guys appreciate the jerseys because I think it's a thing that people your age, especially, don't. So many people are traditionalists on jerseys, and I love, I love what the Gophers do now. Like they never wear the same combos. It always looks Mm -hmm. clean. The PJ's done a lot of cool stuff. I do hate the new Michigan State stuff. I'm with that. Oh, Um, awful! I don't know what what that was. Yeah,
0: Yeah. like don't don't be Oregon. No. You know, like that green and white, and that Spartan on the side of the helmet. It's perfect. Right. Quit fucking with it. You Mm -hmm. know, and there are some that don't need to. You don't need the colorways, right? Um,
1: Right. Like Penn State, I'm a big – I love Correct. Penn State jerseys. I love when they nope. go white on white on the road. That just yep. looks so clean to me. But, man, those Michigan State jerseys are disgusting. And I know there's other ones. Teams do them every year. But yeah. it's just – I don't get it. I don't get I don't that one.
0: It. But I'm a fan of it. I'm a fan of it. Like, in the concept of it, the execution of it sometimes needs some work. But I, I, yeah. I like the idea of, of that, and it's – something I text with Nick all the time about.
1: (laughs) You guys big helmet guys too? Big. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like anytime somebody puts on a white helmet, we're just like, oh, this has changed the
1: game. (laughs) I do love that. I think at the bowl game last year, because I was here, the Gophers played at Chase against West Virginia. And I don't remember if they wore the yellows, but Goldie's never been on the helmet before PJ Mm -hmm. took over. It was always the M. And so now they do that oversized Goldie i love yep. that and then the even just the fighting goldie you know like the classic yeah. minnesota logo anytime yep. that's on a helmet dude that just looks so yeah so good
0: well and they're unveiling the white helmet this year
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh i think it's with their black uniform set and a white yep. helmet and that's gonna look mm-hmm. fucking bad it is it's gonna look bad my man yeah all right. But yeah,
1: those were the big ones. I mean those I mean okay. nothing crazy but yeah, the state not... fair thing was just I, I the the difference in opinions on your pals on the state fair was, was pretty wild to me. So I, I think I'm with Nick like I could give a shit about state fair.
2: Sure. And you said TC's yeah.
1: never gone too, right? So
0: No. No. And he asked us he's like is that weird? And I think I was just more astounded that he'd never been. Right. It just it seems like something at some point you would have stumbled upon having lived here almost your entire life
1: especially with kids now
0: yeah but i you know he doesn't live here again so that gets back to my metro versus outstate thing Mm -hmm. you know i think that that really does um impact whether or not you're going to go because it's not something you can just casually attend it's a day it's a day long ordeal (sighs) yeah i don't like day long things i don't want to get into that again so no yeah, all right. Well, yeah. I mean, it's not like we're talking about a like like a lot of controversial topics. Like dropping a bunch of hot takes on this one.
1: No.
0: Um. Yeah. Like no. But like getting back to parenthood. Like we'll get back into that. Right. I know you don't have kids. You know. So I, I'm not sure how much time like we'll 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 even spend on this. Um. But I'm assuming. I sh- and I shouldn't assume. I'll just ask you. Like, what's your position on kids? you going to have them at some point in your life, or would you like to have them? Do you not oh, want to yeah. have them? Okay. No.
1: I- I, I think at some point, uh definitely something we talk about now as our relationship progresses progresses as well. Um and I think, you know, even through coaching I think that made me probably want them more. Um mm-hmm. you know, you impact kids doing that and but uh it's just such a different world now. Yeah. Um, you know, from how I was parented to, you know, to what you can do now. I mean, that's sure. a struggle bus for me. Like, some things that stand out, my grandma loves to tell a story. She took me to, like, County Market in Fairmont, yeah. and I was just being a little asshole. I was probably two or three, and she slapped me in front of the cashier. And my grandpa was the sheriff, and she was so scared she was going to go to jail. And I don't think anybody gave a fuck because it was 93, right? Like, yeah, nobody cared. And, you know, I remember, like, my dad, when we'd fuck around, he would take his belt off he never hit us with his belt but he would just pull it out and you would just hear it go through the loops at a million miles an hour and his mm-hmm. boom that's when you knew it was time to be done so yeah. I mean, there's just there's just different things that it's like man like and then to watch like you have young kids and especially Bart like being around him like the things that they're into or the things that they say like it's just a different different things you have to address and that's i mean i can't imagine how hard some of that shit is and like with rocky when he talked you know about getting a divorce and one of his kids asked like well if you and mom are still so good like why aren't you together like how do you how do you explain that you know like that shit's tough so i think there's a lot of challenges that come with it that obviously i'm not looking forward to but i don't you know people always say oh i'm not ready for kids or uh, we're ready i don't think you're ever really ready I mean, you can probably attest to that, so.
0: No, you're definitely, and that was my mentality, um, was I want to be ready to have kids. I want to have X amount of money. I want to have this amount of status in my life, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, And, you know, obviously I, so I have, my wife is essentially six years younger than me. Mm -hmm. So I always had, I always knew I had a bit more time than my friends. Mm-hmm. Um just from a biological clock and perspective for my wife. So I was always kind of like I, I always thought like let's enjoy being married first. Right. Um and then my dad got sick. And right. then, you know, I I I mentioned this to Nick and Chuck. Like I think like I knew in the back of my head right away this is probably more than what they're letting on. yeah. And so as soon as we heard, I, you know, I kind of, my wife and I talked about it and I was like, well, let's have one, like just to be right. safe so that my dad can meet one of his grandchildren and right, so on. And so, and thankfully, you know, like we were able, we didn't have any issues. We got pregnant right away. Everything was fine. Um, and you know, we were blessed with Jackson, but, you know, I don't know how much more, how much longer I would have waited. If I'm being honest, like it might have been three or four more years. I don't know. And, you know, obviously I'm glad we didn't now. So you're never ready. I'll just say that. Um, But speaking of like being ready, it's along that lines, right? Like, I think this will be fun for you in 20 years, uh, 30 years, whenever. Um, And something you can like look back on and be like, yeah, I nailed this. Or God damn it. Was I ever wrong? But, like, what kind of parent do you think you're going to be? Like, strict, best friend, yeah, I don't know. Like, what are your general thoughts, right? And you've observed parents, right? right? And I know I, and then so I'll just throw myself under the bus, I used to watch people parent and be like, I would never do that. I, oh, my right. God, how could anybody do this shit? Uh-huh.
1: And I, I'm going to let you say your piece, and then I'll <laughs> finish that sentence. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. Um, I think I like to think that I'd be strict. I don't like the best friend thing. There's a lot of things that people do that I don't like, right? I think right now, we're on the cusp of the iPad kids graduating high school, and that goes to show, like, you guys talk about how kids don't want to get their driver's license and all this shit, and I think, like, okay, your kid's being an asshole, you just throw an iPad in front of him, and that makes an entitled little prick. Um, But... I think, yeah, I think I, I. think you have to be strict. I mean, did I have the hardest rules growing up? No. Was I able to learn a lot? Yeah, like, you know, going out and drinking. I remember the first time I came home drunk, the next morning my dad woke me up and he made me take out concrete steps in front of our house and then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, work it off because that's what he had to do. And so
2: yeah,
1: it's just shit like that that I think, you know, you have to instill in kids. And I think the hardest thing that we talk about is like, where would we want our kids to grow up? You know, we're both Mm -hmm. from rural America. Um, and, uh, obviously now we live in Scottsdale and I, I don't think that I would want my kids to, you know, go to Chaparral and drive a beat up pickup truck, you know, and, You worry about all that stuff. And not that I want my kid to be a big fish in a small pond either, but there's something, there's something that sets a lot of Midwest people apart. And I think it's, it's growing up in a community. And I know you and I have talked about that, uh, in our, in our, on my pod. And I think that's the biggest thing that, that, that I think about is, you know, not necessarily how I'm going to parent, but where I, and how I want that kid to grow up. You know, uh, there was definitely struggles when I was growing up and I hope that I can, you know, provide less struggles for my kids. But I also think that those struggles help make me into the person I am. And so I'm very happy for those things now at 30. Um, yeah. So I don't know, man, that's a, that's a good question. I would love to pose that to all of our friends. I mean, I know Justin Corder on the cusp of having a baby as well and like even to him and. You know, the friends that I have that have kids, you know, I see some of them, they let them run wild, and some of them, they're pretty tight on them, and I don't know, it's, I think it also, you have to, it it probably comes with your kids' personalities, you know, I look at me and my two sisters, we're all very different, and, uh, you know, I'm super outgoing, and uh, talk to anybody, and my middle sister, Haley, is not like that, she's super shy, and reserved. and she was kind of the same way, she didn't want to get her driver's license forever, and then... My sister Sam was kind of like me, um, but, I mean, we're all very different people. So I think, I don't know, I think it, it, there's a lot of factors that go into how you're going to parent.
0: hundred percent, right? hundred um, percent, I think. So, yeah, to finish my sentence, right, I had, I want to say I had very similar, a very similar thought process as you, right? Like, my kid's never going to get a screen. He, uh-huh. he, she right? Like I'm not going to buy him all the toys in the world. Uh, you know, he, they can play with a box and a stick. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so I, I just know like from my personal experience, all that shit goes out the window. Sure. Without question. Right. Um, like you mentioned on your podcast, right? Like you, with, with respect to like coaching, thought you were going to do it one way you get into the situation and you realize you almost like immediately fucking pivot into something else for what's going to work for your situation and um, especially with like the tablets (laughs) i i think the tablet it's a weird com it's a weird mix um obviously we're recording this essentially on a tablet you know i mean i know we're on computers but That's all a tablet is, right? And that's the world, and the world they're going to be in. So (laughs) I've always kind of thought, I'm not trying to... I don't want to restrict them from that now, right? I want him to know what he's doing. Right. Or she, right? Like, I want them to not be that weird kid at school who's never used a telephone, right? Like, I want them to know what they're doing. And... (laughs) so i think it's important that they're on it without it without them being like dependent on it and like when you say like they're being a little shit you give them a tablet it's the exact opposite then when they're being a little shit you take it away true sure. and you will, you want to talk about discipline man these kids freak the fuck out like what was your heaven in could you imagine getting punished in when you were growing up and having your parents tell you to go outside and play
1: i mean that's what we were doing right so
0: that that's essentially what we tell our kids like when they screw up with the tap and like you take away their tablet all right go outside and play right right it's you don't get to use this piece of technology anymore go come up with fun on your own right and is it a crutch at sometimes for parents i think sure i know Mm -hmm. we're guilty of it at times um and you know we set those little screen limit things on there sure to kind of it's not necessarily to prevent them. It's to remind us like, geez, the kid has been on it a while today. Mm -hmm. So do we want to approve it or not? And there's Mm -hmm. a convenience factor to it when you're working or mommy and daddy got to get stuff done. And you know, I can't necessarily watch you right now or entertain you. And you do feel bad about it. But it also is something that brings them joy. So right, you kind of let them have it. Um, For sure. But yeah it 's a weird mix, man of like everything you thought you were going to do, you realize quickly you know you 're probably not doing that as much as you would have originally wanted you know and sure. I, I hope for you everything goes perfectly and, you know and um, and it's not you raise I your mean, kids exactly how you want to, how you want to <laughs> right but it uh it definitely there are curveballs around every corner around every milestone that just change what you're going to do and hopefully you know you have a good relationship that you and Ton like talk about those things and are on the same page that's like the most important thing from my perspective and something that like jen and i really like were on board with at the same time right like i grew up where um p.s i'm cracking a bush apple nice um I grew up in a house where my dad was the he was the bad guy he was the heavy right and i told jen before we had kids i am not going to be the bad guy mm-hmm. right and don't get me wrong i definitely impose discipline and have to step in at times but there are times when i feel like it doesn't warrant me coming down right that i said nope. i'm like nope this this is on a, this is your it's your turn Uh I I don't want them to be afraid of me all the Uh time. Um, And she understood that because it was a big thing for me, you know, like, because I lost, you know, because hence this podcast, lost my dad, didn't have a great relationship with him. growing. You know, it's all those things. Right. And so I just don't want that with my kids. Right. Um, And so those are a lot of the big conversations that we had prior to prior to making that decision, jumping into it. And for the most part, we've held firm on a lot of those.
1: Yeah, I think think it'll be interesting to listen back to this, right? Um, For sure. That's the nice thing about this is that it's now out there forever. Um, So it will be interesting to see. And I, I do know, like, you know, I've heard a million parents say, like, their whole perspective on the world changed the day their kid came out right like everything you thought that was important is no longer important and you know everything changes in a heartbeat
0: yeah without question right um and -hmm. it was for me it was different for both of my children um you know jack came out instant perspective change you know you're just like this is the greatest day ever um super proud got a son you know all the feels and then when we had Jocelyn it was I, I don't want to it wasn't like more it was just a different feeling it was like now i mm-hmm. uh, i have to protect her right, right. like and i and i don't know it's super sexist to say um, but with my son it was I'm super excited for the adventures to come right and with my daughter it was probably more i am now worried about everything
1: for sure as and weird I weird that the is the whole the whole girl dad versus boy boy dad thing i think there's a lot of truth in all the hell we raised you have a boy sure. you're going to get it back yeah. 10 times worse right and like yep. it's going to be like oh shit and then to have a girl i mean every girl dad i know they love that they embrace that and you know, I think like some people are like, oh, I only want boys, and I think that's a moronic thing to say because it's, you know, For sure, a, a life is a fucking miracle in the biggest Absolutely. sense of everything. So, but Absolutely. yeah, I, it is going to be. I'm glad you proposed that question to me because it is going to be very interesting to look back.
0: it's going to be fun, man? Like, yeah, and I'll remind you of it. Appreciate it. <laughs> Don't that. worry. Yeah. Um. No, but I think like. You've touched on it a couple times, and I think like it's a good time to like just dive into it, right? Like, but you were a coach, right? Uh-huh. Another thing that I'm just fixated on, and fascinated with in life is leadership, and um, I think coaching is a small microcosm of leadership uh, styles, right? Yes. And so, when you were a coach, what were some of the challenges? that you had. I know you mentioned, you know, the one of a kid getting a girl pregnant being one. But just like from a motivation standpoint, um, you know, approaching different kids differently, like what did you do? How did you approach those things? Like what lessons did you learn? There's a thousand questions there. I'm sorry.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> no. I mean, so I think the f- biggest thing is I was fortunate enough to become the head coach at the place I was an assistant at. And mm-hmm. at the beginning, You know, When I was assistant, I know that there was a lot of kids that didn't like me. There was probably more that liked me. And I learned real quick when I became the head coach, they always go to the assistant coaches first. So that was probably the first obstacle I had to learn how to handle. And to be honest, looking back, I mean, I was 24 years old. I didn't know what I was doing. I knew a lot about the game of football, but from a leadership standpoint – Um, you know, I was really just trying to, to do it like how I'd seen other people from high school coaches to college coaches that I had. And, you know, I, I did a lot of things that motivated me, you know, for kids or said things that motivated me. And then as I grew, I learned that it, it's not like that. Um, you have to be, you know, so like from, from the first year running a film session and like putting together a game plan it was hardcore x's and o's and i'm trying to teach everybody what to do and i'm a hard ass and i'm on everybody to the last year uh we were playing the number one team in state and i took our whole game plan and turned it into um like a space jam theme as we were playing that we were playing the Monstars, and we were the tune yeah. squad and Sure. I bought all the little uh, purple Kool-Aid things and I put the JAG secret stuff on them <laughs> and I handed them out at practice, you know, like, I love so that. you learn how to tailor those things. And, and kids are so different and, you know, it, it was weird to be at a small school like that. And to realize like truly how much kids are still going through different things, you know, there's a lot of factors into, I mean, a lot of kids don't have great home lives and, yeah. um, I wish I knew, obviously. I think everybody, when you get to, you know, I I hope I'm not done coaching. It's something that I'm working really hard to get back into. But at that point, when I was, you know, done being ahead, there was like so many things like, oh, I wish I would have done that differently or wish I would have handled this differently. And I think there's also things that I did that I'm extremely proud of. Like, you know, a, a kid had all the talent in the world and he just always wanted to quit. And I remember an old coach was like, just let him quit. And I was like, well, if we just let him quit and then we give up on him and mom and dad have given up on him, who the hell's the kid got, you know? So it's like, it's little things like that. And I think, you know, obviously that stuff was a hurdle. um, But I think tailoring it to who the kids are. Like, you remember when Baby Shark came out, that song, when that blew up a couple years ago? I hated it. But for yep. some reason, these 9th through 12th graders thought it was the greatest thing. And we had to have it on our practice playlist. And I hated it. And like, that's that's another thing, you know, like it's just like tailoring everything to who these kids are to find success. And mm-hmm. that's, that's the hardest thing you can do because I think if you're stuck in a leadership way, no matter what you're doing, you're going to fail. You have to take you know, pull from here, pull from there, and pull it all into one thing. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I I can't tell you how tough that was, but it showed, you know, the results showed. We didn't win the most games in the world, but from where we started to where we ended, you know, uh, the second to last year I was there, we won our first playoff game on the road in 30 years. Like, that was incredible. And a week before, yeah. that team beat the hell out of us. Sure. But I made up a lie and said that that team pissed in the dryer in the opponent's locker room and then they got all <laughs> pissed off about it. And then but then at the same point we left that locker room. My quarterback, he swept and, and that locker room looked immaculate, right? So it's just little yeah. things like that where you had to just tailor them. And I think, you know, the hardest thing was the COVID year. That couldn't have happened yeah. at a worse time for me for our team. We were on such a such a trajectory up, and the guys were all bought in, all the kids were bought in, and then you go into five months of not being able to see them, and yeah. you know you have to, you know I used Snapchat, I put them all into a group because it was the only way I could know that they would see something, and I could see who sure. looked at it and who didn't do stump something, and so yeah. I think you just it, it made me learn how to be adaptive to people, but. I mean, I could yeah. go into a million challenges, but I mean, parents are a tough one, man. They for sure they'll they'll make and break you, and they they yep. still do it to this day everywhere. You know, I've shared on my pod. I went to Chandler versus Hamilton down here. That was number twelve in the nation versus number two in the nation, and there's parents mm-hmm. yelling at the head coaches, and it's like mm, these guys make a hundred thousand dollars a year to coach football. I think they know what they're doing, you know?
0: Right? Yep. Yeah, I mean, I love that, you know, that example you give, right? It's as corny as something may seem or as stupid as you might think it is, right? Uh, you know, it's about, it's about getting a reaction, right? right? And getting them to buy in and, you know, not ignoring, like, ambivalence, right? Mm-hmm. If, if your message is flat people aren't responding positively or negatively. That's the worst place to be thousand. percent. Um, I would rather, you know, be leading people and do something so catastrophically wrong Mm -hmm. that, you know, like they're coming to me and saying, you know, that's not right. Oh, Mm -hmm. good to know. Right. Like, got it. Won't do that again. Scratch that. Let's go in this direction. Right. But if you're, if you're trying to fire people up or, putting your message out and it's just thousand mile stairs right you're in trouble you know you have lost your room whatever that may be um and good luck to you you know um but i i i do think it's interesting to like talk about uh, you know how we were coached versus like that like kind of what you're talking about right and it's a lot of like what pj does you know when he got hired he mm-hmm. he made mention of it right like you can't give examples from back then right and i think he brought up you know you got to talk about you know i know what was it he was like you can't talk about tupac and biggie you got to talk about Kendrick Jay-Z Lamar and, and right yeah like people that are hip and now that they respond right. to and they react to baby shark was written for freaking three-year-olds but for some reason your kids responded to it right right um versus i don't know how it was for you you know but when i was playing sports it was you just got yelled at yep there wasn't a lot of like motivational speeches being given no it was just you know i told you to block down on the tackle you fucked it up right right go run Mm -hmm. you know and i think a lot of us grew up in that environment and i think that's a good thing that it has changed i think uh-huh. there are people our age, you know older than us who man they should have done it the way we used to do it right i just i don't know i feel differently you know i i feel because i said so is a terrible leadership method
1: it's the worst man it's the worst and i think You know, one thing, one, I guess, you know, I told you I'd have no regrets, but one regret I hang my hat on is, and it's it's one thing I'm pretty open about because it really changed me, Uh, in between my, the middle, from the start of my third year or the middle of my second year to the middle of the fourth year, we didn't win a game. We lost Mm -hmm. 21 straight, and that sucked. And it wasn't like we were getting the brakes beat off us every week either. I mean, it was like a Scott yeah. Frost situation. Like, we were losing sure. by eight. We were losing by, you know, two scores, whatever. And it was just terrible. And then we finally, just one night, it was homecoming. It all came together. <clears throat> and we jumped out early. And we we almost pissed it away. And thank God we didn't. And it was, you know, I, I'll never forget that feeling. And so we ended that streak. And then the next week, had been like, uh, you know, since my first year as head, since we would won a game on the road. And the next week, we knew we had a good opportunity. We were playing a not very good team, and we were riding high. And that emotion, you know, that can hurt a team. And we started flat, and I remember it was cold and windy, and our stud linebacker running back had a groin situation, so we were only playing him one way. And it was just tough. And we ended up pulling that game out. We won 21-6. to And... We knew we were better than that team, and Mm -hmm. after we won, the whole team was in the middle of the field on the 50-yard line, jumping up and down like we won the Super Bowl, and that sent me, and so we got to the end zone, and I kind of lit them up a little bit, and then, you know, because I was like, that's not who we want to be. We want to win with class, you know, like, we should have beat those guys by 50, and you know, we played like crap, but we got out of here because we're the better team, and some One of the kids told me it, it felt like we didn't even win. And that's when I was like, man, I really fucked that sure. up. And looking back, you know, I wish I would have waited till Monday. Let it go. Right. Hey, you guys did good. Monday, come back in. Hey, by the way, we're never doing that again. When we sure. went on the road, we're going to shake their hand. We're going to get off the field. We're heading home, you know. Sure. And then we went on a two-game skid, and then we came back, and we won that playoff game, and it all worked out in the end. But the, to hear a kid say that. Like, yeah. you know, cause I felt that and now about coaching, I got to a point where somebody was stealing my joy, where the you know, parents were making yeah. it so damn tough that it was no longer fun. And then to look back and be like, wow, I, I did that to a group of kids and that and that sucks. And luckily I'm still close with a lot of those guys and they reach out, you know, it's like a big brother sure. thing. Cause I'm only, you know, 10 years older than them, but you know, it's, uh, yeah, that, that one stings and that one, that one hurts, but. Uh, it's a growth thing, right? You know that. You know, Absolutely. If I ever get the chance again to be a head coach, I'll never do that. I know we're gonna yeah. wait till Monday. You know, we'll address it later. So. Yeah. But I think that comes back to like, how would we have been coached? You know, if we would have done oh. that, you know, in, in college yep. or in high school, it would have been the same way, and that's what I resorted to. So.
0: Hundred percent. Don't stand up a ref. Don't stand. You know. Mm-hmm. Don't stand up your opponent. You know, you just got yelled at when you did something stupid and so in the moment you saw it and it wasn't what you agreed with and you reacted didn't. Yeah. Like you said, you'd learn, which is what it all boils down to, whether it's being right. a parent, leading people, coaching, whatever, right. is like, you're going to make mistakes, you right. know, um, grow from them, you know, right. apologize if, if, if it's necessary and say, Hey, you know, won't do that again. You know, that's my bad guys, you know, take accountability for it. That's, I know as a, As someone who has been led, (laughs) right. Right. Um, I respected that way more than I fucked up and it never gets brought up again. You know? Like, especially when they know, right? Like, Mm -hmm. when they know that there's a lot of people, like, unhappy with the decision, uh, one way or the other, and they don't want to talk to you about it. They don't have the time. It's just, all right, got it. Like, this this place isn't for me. That's like what goes through my head. You know, you're mm-hmm. not going to give me the time of day and respect me and hear me out. I'm not expecting you to agree with me, mm-hmm. but at least hear me out and yeah, just grow from it, man. That's all you can do. That's it. That's all you can do. Yeah. It's, it's, that's a tough one because I'm I not sure I would have acted differently, you know? No.
1: And that's the thing. But like you said, grow, I do have one question too. Cause it's something that, kind of blows my mind now and when we played in Fairmont and I'm sure it was the same way and looking back it's like just one of those things it's like I can't believe that so somebody led. Did you guys get to take your helmet off on the sideline ever? Yes. You did? I think See, so. When we we're, were playing whether you were in the game or not you were to have your helmet on the entire time and You'd sit on the bench, like, you know, you'd get together as the offense or the defense and go over the last series. And you would, you know, take your helmet off for a second and somebody would be like, get your helmet back on. Helmets are always on.
0: I feel like that rule sounds familiar. (laughs) Right. I want to say that, right? Like, that sounds familiar. But I also have, like, a couple memories. Uh, One specifically where, you know, it was our state run when we were seniors we all shaved our heads uh, mm-hmm. when playoffs started and i remember seeing a picture of like all our bald heads standing on the sideline mm. so it's hard for me to say like yes that was definitely a thing or not a thing because right. i remember it both ways now um But I also remember having my helmet on, like, moments of standing on the sideline with my helmet on. And, God, like, no one wanted to wear those things if you didn't have to. So I'm sure we were told we needed to. Maybe it was, like, when you come off the field on offense and, like, you're reviewing whatever, you're allowed to take it off, but then you had to put it back on. I don't know, but... Right. Yeah, I don't... It's vaguely familiar, Ben.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I just just wanted... I didn't know if that was, like, a lifelong Fairmont Cardinal rule you know something but and i mean
0: knowing like who your coach was Mm -hmm. and where he came from and it was like essentially the same system we were all part of like i would Mm -hmm. imagine that was a rule but i just i know i have memories of like having it off so
1: right different times man yeah different times
0: definitely definitely uh yeah man, you got anything else you want to chop up tonight or you wanna save some some of the, some more shit for tomorrow?
1: I mean, I got some different stuff for tomorrow um Love for it. sure but awesome. uh yeah no i yeah, I just appreciate you um I'm proud of you, man uh it's Thank been you. so fun to watch you do this. I know it's a big leap, and you uh you know. I know you were nervous but it's been so fun to hear your guys' stories um you know especially i mean is that stuff that i didn't know about you right and uh, sure. i think you've you've pulled a lot of those out on mine and you know ton's dad especially has said like you know he loves ours because it's stories he didn't know about me and same with her and right. so um but no it's 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 cool to see you do this it's cool to see your guys really open up um I mean, especially, like, you know, especially you and Rocky, because that stuff that, you know, most people probably don't know. You know, those stories are right. are pretty pretty tight to you guys. But it's just also very funny, you know, to hear your Fairmont friends' stories and then compare them to, like, our stories. Because they're essentially the same, only we had cell phones. Right. You know, we didn't have to meet a yeah. Dom's room, you know but
0: oh man yeah man it's a it's a good journey and
1: i'm i'm uh extremely excited to see where this goes and yeah i i can't thank you enough i mean it means the world that you think so much of me and it is funny to think back if i was you know a little mind reader 13 years old tell you hey i'm gonna have a big impact on your life someday Uh, (laughs) or vice versa that's a that's a (laughs) hilarious thought that I'll keep in my head forever Yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. Well, dude, I mean, again, I can't thank you enough. Um, not only for, you know, the friendship and being on, um, but just, you know, how you're going about your life, man. It, uh, if more people aren't telling you that it's unfortunate, they should, but, uh, you're, you're doing things the right way, dude. And, uh, I appreciate Appreciate it. I have been a fan of being along on the journey with you. Um, so Keep up your all your good work, and uh, yeah, I, you know we're gonna talk tomorrow night. But for everybody listening, ooh, hey, this is the first guest that can share shit, so Ben, yeah. share it. <laughs> I will. Don't worry. Uh, oh, that's
1: hilarious. Everybody
0: else, like it if you can, share it if you can, subscribe if you know how. I appreciate that, um, and I appreciate you tuning in. And until next time, everybody, be good. Thank you.